Welcome to the Vibrant Living Podcast with Stacey Harmer. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm a certified holistic health and life coach and passionate about creating a vibrant life. We'll have conversations about nourishing your body, heart, mind, and soul, discovering your purpose and passion, and sharing your gifts with the world. Thanks for tuning in today. This is episode 25, Goppin's principle number six, overcoming gridlock. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast today. Good to connect with you. I hope you've enjoyed the last several episodes about going through the principles from Dr. Gottman on making marriage work. So this is the principle number six on gridlock. And so what is gridlock? Well, it's when you feel hopeless and that your conflict or problem just can't or won't be solved. You may want to have more children and your spouse doesn't. You might want to have a certain type of spirituality or religion in your life and your spouse doesn't. Well, the goal in ending gridlock is not necessarily to solve the problem, but rather to move through gridlock to discussion and dialogue. The gridlock conflict will probably always be a perpetual issue in your marriage, but one day you'll be able to talk about it without hurting each other. You'll learn to live with the problem. Gottman says that to navigate your way out of gridlock, you first have to understand its cause. When we come to understanding is a huge milestone, then it's not such a back and forth battle. We are stepping into each other's worlds and putting each other in first and putting the lenses on of our partner. So whether the issue is momentous, like deciding what religion to raise your children, or it might be something silly or crazy, like how to fold a napkin. Gridlock is a sign that you have different dreams in your life that aren't being addressed or respected by the other. By dreams, we're talking about your hopes and aspirations, even wishes that are part of your identity and give you purpose and meaning in life. Once we start digging to try to understand our dreams, this really becomes profound in a relationship. Dreams can operate at many different levels. Some are very practical, like you want to achieve a certain amount of money, but often there's an hidden meaning or agenda behind that dream. Perhaps underneath the dream to make lots of money may be the need for deep security. Maybe as a child, there were lots of insecurities about finances and not having the stability of a regular income to provide for the necessities. So the dream to acquire wealth has to do with providing that sense of security to you and your family. Well, Dr. Gottman has seen some common dreams with couples he's worked with. And here's just a list of a few. A sense of freedom, being out in nature, adventure, a spiritual journey, being all that you can be, having a sense of order or travel. So all of these dreams are beautiful and there's many, many more, of course, but none of them are inherently bad for marriage. But they can cause problems if they're not um, respected or if they're hidden. So when this occurs, you may either have open battles over the issue or it may be hidden and build a sense of resentment or misunderstanding in the relationship. So why do some couples cope gracefully with these sorts of issues while others get bogged down? Well, there is a secret sauce and Dr. Gottman shares it. He says that happy couples understand that helping each other realize their dream is one of the the most important goals in a marriage. What a beautiful concept. We want to know what the other person really wants in their life. In happy marriages, partners incorporate each other's goals into their concept of what marriage is all about. These goals can be as concrete as wanting to live in a certain kind of house or getting a certain academic degree, 
but they can also be intangible, such as wanting to feel safe or wanting to view life as a grand adventure. So let me give an example that Dr. Gottman shares. Shelly wants to go to college and Malcolm's heavy paycheck allows her to do that. But he wants to quit his high pressure marketing job because his dream is to go and be his own boss and build boats. In a happy marriage, neither spouse insists or attempts to manipulate the other into giving up their dream. They work at it as a team. They fully take into account each other's wishes and desires. Maybe Malcolm decides to keep at the grind till Shelley finishes school. Maybe Shelley studies part-time or suspends her studies for an agreed upon amount of time um, for him. Maybe practicality demands that one or both of their dreams be put on hold for a while. Whatever they decide to do isn't really the issue. The point is that their concept of their marriage incorporates supporting both of their dreams. The way they go about making that decision is with mutual respect for an acknowledgement of each other's aspirations. And that's what makes their marriage meaningful to them. So isn't that beautiful? In a marriage when either spouse doesn't fully appreciate the importance of supporting the other partner's dreams, gridlock is almost inevitable. So if you've reached gridlock on any issue in your marriage, big or small, the first step is to identify which dream is fueling the conflict. So one good indicator that you're wrestling with a hidden dream is that you see your spouse as being the sole source of the marital problem. So it may indicate that you don't see your part in creating the conflict because it's been hidden from you. So uncovering a hidden dream can be a challenge. The dream is unlikely to emerge unless you feel that um, your marriage is safe and a, you know, a safe place to talk about those things. So that's why it's important to begin by working on those first three principles that I've shared in previous episodes, really building those love maps, sharing fondness and admiration and turning towards your spouse. It's not always easy, but it is worth the effort. So keep working on your unresolvable conflicts. Couples who are demanding of their marriage are more likely to have deeply satisfying unions than those who just simply lower their expectations. They'll say, this is as good as it's going to get, but you're working on it. You may find that when you first begin to recognize and acknowledge your dreams, the problem between you and your spouse seems to get worse rather than better. And that's okay, be patient. Acknowledging and advocating for your dreams in a marriage isn't easy. The very nature of gridlock means that your dream and your spouse's may be in opposition. So you both become deeply entrenched in your positions and fear accepting each other's influence and yielding. Once you're ready to overcome gridlock, Dr. Gottman has a plan. So let me share some of the steps he shares. One is to become a dream detective. Often deeply personal dreams go unspoken or underground after marriage because they assume that just in order for a relationship to work, we can't really share or have complaints. And they might, you might even think your dreams are impractical or even childish. So in other words, when you adjust to marriage by bearing your dream, it just resurfaces in a disguised form as a gridlock conflict, okay? So I want you to just go discover what those dreams are. And I'm gonna get, share an example from Dr. Gottman how a couple has can discover um, a hidden dream. So here's the husband. I think my wife is too neat and tidy. I find myself constantly trying to find things after she's cleaned up. I think she's being inconsiderate and overly controlling and I'm tired of it. Well, let's look at what the actual dream might be. 
okay, from him, my parents were very strict disciplinarians. They saw any disagreement with them as insubordination. As a result, I became somewhat of a rebel. I freely admit that I have a problem with authority, and that's why I decided to build my own business. My dream is to have a home where I can be myself, and that means not following any rigid set of rules. I want my kids to challenge authority and think for themselves, not simply learn to be obedient. I myself want to be free in my own home, including being sloppy at times. Okay, so now let's hear from his wife. I like a certain amount of order and neatness in our home. I find myself constantly cleaning up messes for my husband. I think he's being inconsiderate and I'm tired of this. So her dream within this conflict might be this. I grew up in a totally chaotic home. There was nothing I could count on as a child. I never knew who was driving me to school or picking me up. My mom would sometimes forget to make, pick me up and I couldn't stand her for that. Then I would get home and there would often be no dinner and no clean clothes. It fell on my shoulders to create all the order and sense of responsibility for my younger siblings. I resented having to do all of that. My dream is to provide a much healthier family environment for my kids and family. To me, order means predictability, security, and peacefulness. I want that for my kids. When the house is a mess, it takes me back to the chaos. So can you see as you, we dig and explore a little bit about the conflict and then digging beyond that to see what the dream is and why? Okay, so step two is work on a gridlock marital issue. First, you need to choose a particular conflict to work on. Then write an explanation of your position. Focus on what each partner needs, wants, and is feeling about the situation. Next, Write the story of the hidden dreams. Now, this is the key, okay? Digging a little bit deeper that underlie your position. Why? Explain where these deep dreams come from and why they're so meaningful to you. So once you both understand which dreams are fueling the gridlock, it's time to talk about them. Now, this is a little exercise. Each person gets 15 minutes as the speaker and 15 minutes as the listener. So don't try to solve the problem. Attempting to do that now is likely to backfire. So your goal is simply to understand why each of you feel so strongly about this issue. So here's the speaker's job. Talk honestly about your position and what it means to you. Describe the dream that's fueling it. Explain where the dream comes from and what it symbolizes. Be clear and honest about what you want and why it's so important. Talk as you if you were explaining this to a good friend or neutral third party. Don't try to censor or downplay your feelings about your dream in order to avoid hurting or arguing with your spouse. Okay, so that is the speaker's job. Now the listener's job is to suspend judgment. Listen the way a friend would listen. Don't take your spouse's dream personally, even though it might clash with yours. Don't spend time thinking of a rebuttal or ways to solve the problem. Your role now is just to hear the dream and to encourage your spouse to explore it. Get curious. I'm going to give you an example of how to listen and what to do and what not to do. Okay, so here's Georgia. I've always dreamed of going on a mountain climbing expedition to Mount Everest. Nathan's response. First of all, we can't possibly afford something like that. Besides, I can't think of anything more stressful than mountain climbing. I get vertigo just standing on a table. Georgia, well, just forget it then, okay? Not good. Not a good way to listen and respond. So here's another example to do. Here's Georgia. I've always dreamed of going on a mountain climbing expedition to Mount Everest. Nathan, tell me more about it. What does it mean to you to climb a mountain? 
what would it do for you, Georgia? I think I would feel exhilarated, like I was at the top of the world. As a child, I was always told that I was weak and couldn't do anything. My parents were always saying, be careful, careful. I think climbing a mountain would be the most liberating thing I could do. I'd feel such a sense of accomplishment. So that is just exploring, you know, writing it down, discovering the dream, and then speaking and listening and sharing. Step three is soothing each other. So discussing dreams that are in opposition can be stressful since you'll be accomplishing nothing if either of you becomes flooded, your heart is beating quickly, your short breaths, you know, you're getting frustrated. You need to take a break. Take some soothing time for yourself and try to be soothing to your partner before you get back to like slogging through the gridlock. Okay, so go for a walk, take a drink of water, just take a little bit of a break. Step four is ending the gridlock. So now it's time to begin the ongoing task of making peace with the issue, accepting the differences between you and establishing some kind of initial compromise that will help you continue to discuss the problem in a peaceful way. So understand that your purpose is not to solve the conflict. It probably never will go completely away. Instead, the goal is to declaw the issue, to try to remove the hurt so the problem stops being such a source of great pain to you. This process is called finding common ground. So in Dr. Gottman's book, it goes much more into detail, but the bottom line is you define the minimal core areas that you cannot yield on. To do this, you need to look deep into your heart and try to separate the issue into two categories. In one, put those aspects of the issue that you absolutely cannot give on without violating your basic needs or core values. Okay, so that's one category. In the second category, put all the aspects of the issue where you can be flexible because they're not such a hot topic for you. Try to make the second category as large as possible and the first category as small as possible. Then you share your two lists with your spouse. This is an ongoing process and it takes some skill and practice. Taking a course or going into a workshop or working with a counselor can be super helpful. But after you've gone through the process and can listen without judgment and validate each other's desires, you can be more open to each other's dreams and try to accommodate them. That's so powerful. Simply do validate. It doesn't mean you agree. It doesn't mean really anything other than you're listening to your partner and your partner feels heard and understood. And it's a two-way street. Okay, so that is it for today on overcoming gridlock. Next week, we'll be talking about the last principle, creating shared meaning. This to me is the icing on the cake. This is the top level of the sound relationship house. And how beautiful is when we have a dream and our partner can share in it and we can have a shared meaning. Um, that doesn't always happen, but finding some meaning together that you share together um, that is the next principle. And like I said, it's the icing on the cake in a relationship, I believe. So I will hope to see you next week at our next podcast. And just another reminder to go to vibrantlivingwellnessconference.com to grab your early bird tickets for our amazing upcoming health and wellness conference. There is something about gathering. I just experienced it at this retreat in Hawaii and we are walking away as just different people at a different level. And that's what happens when you come together with an intention and purpose and like-minded individuals. And so anyway, I hope you'll join us. It's gonna be a fantastic day. Give the, this gift to yourself, to your mother, friend, sister, daughter. It's May 14th, um, 
vibrantlivingwellnessconference.com and um, hope to see you there. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye.